Welcome to Smashing It. This is the podcast that will help you smash it in your own life. That means living with power, freedom, and breaking through any mental obstacles and barriers that are in your way. Join transformational life coaches John Prince and Chris Finn as they have deep conversations that will open up your mind to new possibilities. In this episode, me and Chris discuss the birth of identity. How do you become who you are, or should I really say who you think that you are? We really explore how identity isn't fixed, it's a more dynamic way of being, but what you need to understand and what you need to see in order to create that freedom. And it's our hope that listening to this episode gives you a whole new level of freedom to be in life. Hey, hey, welcome, Chris. We're uh, down for episode two of Smashing It. How are you doing, my brother? Hey, John. Yeah, it's good to do this again. Yeah, so episode two, let's rock and roll. Fantastic. What's what's it in Star Wars? What they say, episode... It's episode something, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm losing my head before we begin, but um, <laughs> we got, we're going to have some good value coming come today. It's going to be a... Uh, a, a insightful conversation I can already feel it um, because we're gonna take a little deep dive into um, the nature of how we became who we think we are or mm. how we became who we are and that will become apparent as we chat through and, and dive into it um, where would you like to start with this I love how you just introduced that like who we think we are so I suppose we could invite our listeners to just do an exercise at this point, just a mini reflection for themselves. And the question perhaps is, who do you think you are? And there's various levels to this. Like if you were to go to, I don't know, a party or a networking event, or you just bump into someone and they say, oh, who are you? Not that they word it like that, but <laughs> you know, who are you? There's certain things that you were just saying, you know, oh, I'm a I'm a dad, I'm an entrepreneur, whatever it is, you know, I work here, I work there. And we would describe some of our roles and our the things that we do. Maybe we'd, we'd describe some of our political beliefs as well. And so we can take this as deep as we'd like it. My guess is we're probably going to take this pretty deep today. But so just for the listeners, how would you describe who you are? And... If you look at it, you can break these different descriptions of who you think you are into different categories. So there's the, like I said, there's the roles that you've got. There's also like your habits. There's also your values. There's your beliefs. There's your preferences. So, John, where should we go with this? Because I feel like I want to dive in deep straight away and I might need you to hold me back with this. <laughs> <laughs> going the whole way in. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, I mean... When we look at that, we we look at it on the surface level, right? We we follow the statement "I am" with mm. something, and there are different types of roles. So, yeah, there's the "I am," and then you can say, "I'm a dad," "I'm a brother," "I'm a husband," "I'm a coach," "I'm a friend," and all of that stuff. And then we can there's like the descriptive words of "I am uh, confident," "I am fun," "I'm outgoing," "I'm introvert," "I am." friendly i am kind whatever else we we believe that we are right but ultimately we're starting to see that we believe that we are versus these are actually who we are so we get we get really caught up in um 
once we say I am and we follow it with something, because we got so used to saying it, we genuinely just think that's what we are and mm. that it's not changeable, that it is fixed, mm. right? Um, but we're going to dismantle that a little bit and play mm. around with that a little bit so that it offers you, the listener, some freedom to be able to create yourself um, and move in a different direction if that's what you want. You might be loving who you are and happy with it all and keep going, but always having new options available is is helpful. Um, this question, though, what I, I had a it was a podcast episode that I had on the Perception Coach podcast, my other podcast. Um, I can't remember how long ago, but I had Andrew Manane on. Who I think his online name is not Andrew Manane. And I asked him who he was and, and we, we started talking about it. And he said the best question he likes to ask is, who are you not? Mm. And that's another place, another angle to start inquiring from. Mm. Who are you not? Mm. What are you not? So because we start to say, well, I am this, I am that. Well, what are you not? Mm. Because what we're going to really uncover as we dive into this is who are you not? Because so much of what we say when we say I am kind, I am caring, I am we we are assuming that that is exactly the truth mm. but we want to dive into and look at the fact that that is a creation yeah yeah so how do we start to explore that as a creation versus this fixed being fixed way of being or fixed identity of who we are yeah i think it's worth us touching on the fact that like you said if you if you're happy with who you are then great yeah but most of the time i find that who we say we are limits us and i think that's why we're exploring this today because if i say to you i'm someone that's just not very good at articulating myself i'm someone that's not very good at football you know i'm someone that isn't very confident and i'm shy or something like that then you start to actually hear my limiting beliefs, the beliefs that I've got about myself that limit me. And so then if I go into a social situation with the belief of I'm not good at talking to people, I'm boring, I'm shy, I'm not good at articulating myself, then I'm not actually being fully present. I'm I'm living into that belief. I'm coming from that belief. And then that's going to limit my experience. It's going to shape what I see. It's going to shape how I am. And when I say those things about myself, I reduce myself to a fixed state, a fixed way of being. And actually, this is what we're going to see today is that's just not true. Yeah, it's um, the beliefs determine the actions that we take. So yeah. this is the thing is there's no guarantees on it. You know, you can say I am confident and then just go out, start acting confident. There's no guarantee that you're going to succeed um, or, or what will happen as a result of that. But you can, if you're really truly believing that and acting from that place, you will be acting from that place. And that's what mm -hmm. shows up. So um, recently I went to a wedding of um, good friends of mine, um, Tom and Amy, and uh, they asked me to do a, re a reading for the wedding. And instantly I was like super excited about it. Like it's a bit of public speaking and mm. there's a bit of, uh, you know, it's responsibility at someone's wedding. You want to do really well. But instantly I was like super excited, couldn't wait. Because for my, the, the identity I have for myself is I am a speaker mm. because I've I've done it. So that's an identity that I 
am excited to to go into. But mm. I remember when I was first running workshops and uh, first started doing them, and first when I first started doing speaking, I was like super nervous. The idea of when it came up, and I'd think about it, and I would feel nervous because there was an identity that I'm not a speaker. Mm. I'm not someone who runs workshops, mm. and because that was an identity, it created a this like unsettling feeling like this anxiety and then I wasn't looking forward to the thing that now years later the opportunity comes up and it's like yes can't wait because that's who I am but what we've got to see is that changed for me in I'm not a speaker to I am a speaker Mm. and what we're saying about ourselves is creating who we are that then that's a belief and that drives the actions that we take and it also creates the feelings as well but it's not it's not fixed. And there yeah. are many of these identities that we have that we are just completely unaware of. Exactly. And I guarantee that there's going to be some people here listening to your story and thinking, cool, if someone would have asked me to do a reading, I'd have been nervous because I get shy in public or I can't speak in public. And then I think people have the tendency to think, yeah, but that's just who I am. And again, see ourselves as this fixed, limited thing. So let's start to look at if that's who you are, and if you, you, you're saying that's who I am, and I'm that kind of person, where does that come from? Because we've got this idea of who we are. Where does this idea of who we are come from? Because it seems to me that that has to come from the past. There's only one place it can come from. Yeah, because if you if we look at things that we think we're not, they're typically going to be things that we've never done. Yeah. Right. So like you say to someone, are you a chef? And they've never cooked before in their life. They've mm. always just been cooked for other people cook. They would categorically just say no. Mm. Of course not, because I've never cooked a meal. So how could I be a chef? Yeah. Right. But they're unaware that the moment they cook a a meal they can call themselves a cook or a chef because they've literally, and that would happen in the present. So they could literally do it. But the idea of doing that wouldn't exist because in the past they, they never cooked. Yeah. So that's also, what, go on. Yeah. I was say that, that's what's happening for the person now, but it's, it's being aware that they, they're not just going to say I'm not a chef and think that they're saying that I'm not a chef and that's what's happening. It's like it's super, super real as Mm. if it's true and it's a fact. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then when they're doing the cooking, they're they're focusing on the belief of I'm not a chef, I can't cook, which is going to affect the cooking. It's going to affect the present moment because of how they're being in that moment. Yeah. Like if if I say I'm not very good at public speaking and I'm focusing on that while I'm public speaking, it's going to affect my public speaking. And here's something that I noticed as you you were saying that there, because we've got, I'm a speaker, I'm not mm. a speaker, but then mm. in the middle there, there's, I'm not a very good speaker. Mm. Well, someone could be speaking for 10 years and still be nervous and still not enjoy it and still lack confidence mm. because they're, they're, they might feel, yeah, I'm a speaker. And I tell people, yeah, I'm a speaker, but in the middle there's, I'm not a very good speaker mm. because that comes with them. And they're really kind of believing that's true, whether they can see that or not. Mm. That then creates the lack of confidence. It creates the doubting themselves and it creates all the other stuff. And, and we, we may have explored this in the last episode, but it's worth 
exploring it. We'll probably explore it in every single episode just because it's pretty life-changing stuff. That they can have all the speaking skills in the world, but if they're still thinking to themselves, I'm not a very good speaker, it's all going to be on top of the not very good speaker. Exactly. Exactly. And where did and where did that come from? Because that's what we want to take a look at today. Yeah, let's go. Let's dive deep. Yeah. So so this, if we if we look at this as a, on a simple term of like I am, and then you follow it with a statement, and then that becomes like a an identity for us. And we're starting to unpick and unravel the fact that that's not just exactly who you are. It's it's a little bit more like you are who you are, and then you put a t-shirt on. And when you're wearing the t-shirt, you're believing that that is me wearing a black t-shirt versus Mm. that is me so these are things you've added to yourself rather than already being there so where does it where does it first come from well we're going to need to go back to the past Mm. to, to discover this because in the present if i'm being something that you know i'm not a chef because i've never cooked was there something in the past that happened that stopped me from cooking or because i wasn't just born not a chef because no one's born not a chef Mm. right everyone has the capabilities if they if they're physically able to to cook Mm. so something happens in the past and then we assign a meaning to it we make sense of it this is how we operate in the world as human beings we need to assign meanings to make sense of things and then the, the meaning that we assign to it collapses into ourselves, into a, the, the identity that we have of ourselves. And then it forms this fixed, rigid identity that we then carry on into the future. So we'll give an idea, example of the, the chef. So if somebody, um, maybe they watched somebody cooking. They're, they're a little kid and they watch their mom cooking. Mm. And... Uh, they're looking at her and they're thinking, wow, that's amazing. She's cooking all this stuff. Um, it's looking like it's, it looks really difficult to do. They look amazing at cooking it. And then you eat it and this food's phenomenal. And they just instantly form a meaning around it of that looks really, that looks too difficult. I could never do that. And they just, that just happens in the moment <clears throat> and it stays with them. And then subconsciously, they they might not realize this consciously, but they just say, well, I couldn't do that or I'm not a cook. Mm. And then they just decide to bring that with them for the rest of their lives. Yeah. But what they saw was their mum cooking and their mum's cooking a meal and, and doing it all. And there could have been another, uh, another meaning or another belief there of, wow, like that looks amazing. I'd love to give that a go. That looks fun. Let me try that. Mm. I think people are going to be sort of listening to this and thinking, so who I am is based or who I think I am is based on some things that happened in my past. And I made that mean something about myself because a lot of people would have heard that kids are egocentric, but I just want to sort of say about what that means because kids are egocentric. And by the way, most adults are as well. Egocentric means it's centered on the ego. In other words, it's centered on who we think we are. So as kids, we make everything about ourselves. So if mum and dad are arguing, we think it's because of us. We make it about ourselves. Well, this is because of me. This means that there's something wrong with me. This means I'm bad. And so most of what most of what we think we are is 
these ideas that we came to about ourselves when things happened. So one of the examples I share, because it's quite clean and neat, is that when I was, I think, six years old, we were at school and we were going through this exercise where you had to stay uh, an object beginning with um, the start of the letter. So we'd be going through the alphabet. And when it got to G, I put my hand up and the teacher picked me and I said, um, juggling. Now, I got that wrong. Juggling begins with J, right? Not G. Now, people looked at me and the teacher moved on. Now, I made that mean that I was stupid. Now, I was like six, but that formed like a core belief in me, like this core program where I just decided, I concluded, I came to the decision that I was stupid. And that was just a fact as far as I was concerned. It was like I just discovered it about myself. And I was hurt and I was devastated about this as well. And then I overcompensated by never putting my hand up again, never asking questions, but also then trying to pretend that I wasn't stupid, all because of this one thing. And I carried that with me for the next 30 years. So I really want people to see that there's a real difference between something that happens that causes us some distress or it hurts or it just doesn't go the way we want it to go. And then in that moment, we make a decision about ourselves and that can stay with us for the rest of our lives if we don't go back and look at this mm. and this is when we get triggered so a trigger reveals to us a belief that we decided about ourselves at some point in the past people say that oh they triggered me actually we do that all by ourselves people might say something and or a situation might happen that would for me in the past trigger that belief of I'm stupid and then I'm reacting to my belief not something that's outside of myself so triggers aren't outside of ourselves triggers are opportunities for us to see where we're not fully free and and, and complete with our pasts yeah and there, there's so many shared triggers because people have lots of similar experiences around growing up or in childhood that then they become universal that wherever everyone thinks that's just the way it is like and you know there's lots of big fears that come off the back of this like fear of judgment fear of criticism fear mm. of making mistakes and then it's not the mistake or the judgment or whatever else that's that's creating that fear mm. it's that trigger it's that's what that what is that bringing up in me what am i making that mean yeah. because we're, we're often projecting our belief onto the situation and then that creates how we feel and when these are identity based that they're, they're really really real and that's there's a thing called ego anxiety which is mm. a lot of the anxiety comes around a threat to our sense of self a threat to our identity mm. um quite often it can be a threat to our sense of self-worth and if there's a belief under there that you know i am bad or i'm not good enough it creates this this anxiety that that's going to be revealed and then um, you know, that part of me is at threat. And so mm -hmm. we're, we're really experiencing a threat about our sense of self rather than a threat to us in the situation. So it's more an identity threat. Yeah. And so the freedom really comes as we start to unpick this identity and see it a lot clearer. And then we're not bringing it as something that's real. We're bringing it as something that we've created. And that's where this fixed way of being can then move around and, and become something else um when for me when when i was growing up there was um a time where i was away on holiday with uh my family and i was i was quite young maybe like 12 12 or so 
Um, and I would go out in the evenings and like go to these little kind of like um, nightclub-y type things there, even though I was uh, quite young. Um, and there was a couple of girls there and me and this other lad that were there, we were hanging around these girls and uh, and um, we were there for the whole week. And, and these girls were pretty mean to me for, for mm. most of the week, to be fair. And then it got to the end of the week. And they said, oh, we like one of you because one of you for your looks and one of you for your personality. <laughs> and I was like, well, this is setting things up. <laughs> this is setting things up to be like pretty bad anyway. But I was like, please tell me they like me for my personality. Mm. Otherwise, I'm going to be like, that means I've got an awful personality. So they said, we like you to me for your pers- uh, for your looks. Right. And we like the other kid for his personality. <laughs> Instantly in that moment, I made a decision that I had an awful personality because they liked me for my looks, not my personality. Mm. And I also made a decision that I better double down on how I look and I mm. better look good because mm. that's my asset. That's what I've got. I've got no personality. Mm. And I reacted, lived in a reaction to that mm. from the age of 12, around that age, up mm. until at, at least 30, with absolutely no awareness that that was true for me. And I was just like, how can I make myself look better? What what can I do um, there? How can I look good? Um, and I focused all my efforts on that mm-hmm. because I didn't think there was much I could do about my personality. I didn't think yeah. I could be confident or be um, self-assured or like um, confident in myself. So that didn't exist until I saw that I'd created that. Yeah, incredible. And then when I saw that I created, so there's the, when I was, you know, I I don't have a great personality or I'm not that interesting. Mm. That was real. But once I saw that that was created, not by them, because it wasn't even the comment by them of them saying, um, we like you for your looks. We like, they could have liked me for my personality as well, but they're just playing a game. They're kids at 12. We all have different, it's their yeah. perception. It was like, so, yeah. and, but what was most important was what did I make it mean? Because that's mm. the thing I carry throughout the rest of my mm. life. In that yeah. moment, I very well could have made the um, made the meaning or the assumption that the, these girls um, are missing something, and I have a great personality, and they've missed out on that, and they haven't. Yeah. Yeah. And that would never have been a problem, and I'd have carried on. But yeah. then that comes with us. So that then becomes the belief. It becomes an identity. We carry it w- with us. But the most important thing here is we then react to our identity. Mm. And then, so for example, then, you know, I could be 20, 25 years old and someone would say um, something like, uh, you're a bit boring or whatever. Mm. That's not just going to be like, you know, you, people are messing around. They say you're boring. It's going to hit deep. It's going to trigger something. And I'm going to yeah. feel anxiety like I've been found out or that no one's going to like me. And that's the world I'm in. So mm. that's where the comments that can really impact one person won't impact somebody else mm. because the comments triggering this meaning they have about themselves this identity that's been created rather than the real one exactly and i think it goes back to an original hurt that happened in us when we were kids when we're in our formative years formative because we're forming our personality we're forming our sense of who we are now if something hurts like it did for you and it did for me and it does for everyone we are in a moment of stress now we know from the brain that when we're stressed our iq lowers the brain doesn't literally shrink but there's certain parts of the brain that become less active and certain parts of the brain that become more active so when we're stressed we end up just reacting We, we we lose creativity we lose intelligence 
And then what happens in these moments is we make a decision about ourselves and we make a decision about what this means for us. And then if we're not careful, because this is subconscious below our level of awareness, we will go through life with these beliefs of I'm stupid and I've got a crap personality, you know, like, and I think it's really worth just people taking a moment now to think how, what am I believing about myself that's limiting me and how I show up in the world because we've all got this and I use the term baggage you know we've all got our baggage that is from our past that we're bringing dragging really into the present and that's creating what I call a, a, a default future where we almost can predict with absolute certainty how someone's going to be and act in certain situations because of their limiting beliefs I could have told you exactly how I would have acted in future situations from the belief of I'm stupid because I've healed that and I'm now free from that it's not like I've replaced it with a different belief like I'm intelligent I'm I'm just free to kind of explore who I am in the moment and see maybe I do come up with something intelligent to say maybe I come up with something stupid but it doesn't mean something it doesn't mean anything yeah and I think a, an important aspect to consider here as well is some of these beliefs that we form in those formative years actually drive us to achieve incredible things. Many of yeah. the top, top, top performers and high achievers that you see, they're actually so good at what they do because they've reacted so hard to something that happened in childhood. Like, I'm stupid then becomes, well, I better get out and prove to everyone that I'm not stupid or I better like work super extra double, treble hard to make up for it. Um, and some of these beliefs that and and meanings and identities that get created, like, I'm not good enough and I'm no good. The way of like, well, if I super succeed in this area, then everybody will then think that I'm good enough. Yeah. That's what really drives people in business, in sports, in all different areas to really, really succeed. But the, the problem that comes with this is then the success all comes on top of I'm not good enough. Yeah. And that person lives this perfectionistic um, life of always having to strive to achieve and enjoying it for like the tiniest little moment before mm. it goes away and they go back to living on top and not being good enough and and you know aspects of working hard and everything they can appear to be great and that they're, mm. they're really they reinforced because society like reinforces this and celebrates people for making lots of money and achieving and mm. success rather than really seeing what's underneath that because once that gets cleared rather than it being a fear-based let me operate out of fear and stress mm -hmm. to being like a if you really have that self-love underneath there of like you know i'm good enough i i'm my worth isn't changeable you know you re reduce that ego anxiety and then you have a a more solid place of like self-worth and self-esteem which is a different kind of energy to bring to the things that you want to do totally you got me thinking about one of my clients who is a very successful leader a finance company um and he's you know hugely wealthy um but underneath it all he's coming from a place of i'm not good enough because of something that happened to him when he was nine and he developed this belief of i'm not good enough which by the way i think every human being seems to have their version of this limiting belief of i'm not good enough and then he's been overcompensating ever since so much so that he's a workaholic and doesn't make any time for his family or for his health or exercise. And he's now struggling with, with those areas. Hence why we're working together. So 
the one of the ways to look at this is someone can be on the outside very successful but coming from a place of i'm not good enough and someone on the outside could be perhaps unsuccessful and be unemployed or even homeless and they've also got the belief of i'm not good enough the difference is the strategies that they use or the fact that they've either surrendered to that belief or they're fighting that belief so this is like what the i think the modern fight flight freeze looks like the, the modern day fight flight freeze doesn't look like you know running away from a saber-toothed tiger or fighting you know woolly mammoth it looks like i'm scared that i'm not good enough and i'm going to fight against that belief and that often leads to um, work addictions and a lack of balance and a lack of boundaries as well whereas if someone thinks i'm not good enough and they they believe that is fully true and they give into that it's almost like they've they're in freeze mode and and they're not fighting against it because what's the point but actually it's both the same belief and the belief always comes from a decision that we made about ourselves when we were in distress when we were hurt when we were scared when things didn't go the way we wanted them to go and if people can see that then they're going to be much more free from this belief that they think is kind of concrete and fixed yeah and and so it's a it's a stress response and then you can see that in times of stress as an adult people will go to similar those similar patterns you know there, there can be yeah. avoidance it can be distraction it can be addiction yeah. because the addiction they're all there to take away these horrible feelings of like um you feel that that ego anxiety is a feelings of anxiety of i'm not good enough or people are going to find out or i can't cope or it's too much yeah and these are decisions made about how we will handle situations and then they're they're reinforced by the reaction and um, we were speaking just before um we we jumped on the podcast today and i said i've taken a few days off social media to just get present and uh and be less reactive and i've noticed that when i was feeling stressed i would like want to go to my phone to mm. check like uh, check on mm. uh, my social media or whatever or have i got messages and it's always like getting out of feet of the, the feeling and getting on to doing something else it's trying to distract ourselves and that can show up in many different ways and it can become really destructive whereas a different response a different strategy can can change everything we then start to feel more assured of who we are we create more space more presence because these feelings even if we once we see them and we see these identities like the i'm not good enough it's not going to like disappear forever for everybody it's gonna it might be there it's yeah. just that how are you holding it so for me with a lot of these um beliefs that i had i had no clue i even had them so mm -hmm. they were just running the show for me they were who i was and the more that you kind of see them and create space on them you can still experience feelings of discomfort or anxiety or whatever else but you don't have to then let that run you and react to it you can sit with it and, and stay with it and then create a new response mm -hmm. a new behavior a new strategy and your brain's constantly watching and aware mm -hmm. of this um and if it sees you taking new actions that's evidence that can prove that wow, you can be safe, you can be a new person. It's like the chef who had a belief that they're not a chef and they can't cook and they're in the kitchen cooking. There'll be some discomfort during that time because the brain's like, whoa, whoa, we're not a chef, what the hell are you doing? Mm. And then they're cooking and cooking. And then the brain's like, oh, well, we can cook and we can be safe and it can be okay. Mm. And all of a sudden it can start to, to shift that. Mm. So um, it's that difference between reacting, which is a stress-based um 
result of like feeling that stress versus then creating, which is if that belief wasn't running me and I didn't believe it was true, mm. what would my options be then? And it's a whole different set of options. Mm. And that's what's exciting. Mm. Again, it's it's a different set of options because it opens up what we can see because our limiting beliefs literally limit our perspective, don't they? They limit what we can see and what we see as possible for ourselves. And when we get free from them, we just see more, see more possibilities. We People tend to start to say things like, anything's possible for me. I can do anything. I can be anything. I can be anyone because they're not restricted and limited by these decisions that they made about themselves when they were a kid <laughs> and when things weren't going their way yeah because of when the beliefs there of i'm not good enough for example then it means that mistakes and failure and criticism they're not possibilities mm. it's like those things cannot happen and that's why people get really good at stuff because they work so hard because they're like i cannot must not fail because it means i'm not good enough mm. on an existential level like that belief and identity is like you're a person mm. and it's like you're gonna die that's how real it feels so like, let me work hard at all costs um, and not fail. This this is where, I don't know if we spoke about this in the last podcast or not, but I was overcompensating for being imperfect because I'd realized that I was needing to be perfect in order to um, overcome this belief of not being good enough for me. Then I kind of embraced being imperfect and feeling those feelings and like not letting it drive me. And I created a lot of freedom with that. Then I overcompensated. I'm like, well, I've got to do everything imperfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know by the feeling, right? Like it doesn't feel very free. It feels like uh, 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 tense. Yeah, it's a, a good example. This is because when I was trying to be perfect, which was covering over, that was like my identity. Mm. So we talk about like my identity, and I didn't realize it was like I'm a perfectionist. Mm. That like was what became real for me, mm. and um, so I had to try and do everything perfectly. And if I didn't, I'd feel like this not being good enough gets exposed which isn't true um and and you know, everything would have to be be on point and i remember like there's been a number of turning points of this where i'll catch the old feeling and let it go and i remember being out um with my wife and uh, one of my clients that i'd just taken on um as a, as a new client they messaged me and said i oh, you know really excited to be working together and everything um i just wanted to let you know that you've got a typo on your website and I uh, just thought you'd be, I wanted to make you aware of it in case you didn't know. Mm. And my, the, the, the first thought came, my head, came in my head was like, oh, um, I should go and, uh, I, sh I should go and change that. And within, a, within half a second, I laughed. Mm. But that was the old thought because I really just don't care. If <laughs> someone comes on my website and they see a typo, they see a typo. Yeah, they should see that you're human. <laughs> yeah. But five years before, that typo would have meant, that I'm not good enough and a great coach wouldn't have a typo on the website. Yeah, Lots of yeah, people yeah. would still have that belief and that's, that's fair enough, but mm. I don't think a typo makes you good or bad. I think a typo mm. is just a typo and we can make of it what we do. And I'll quite often leave mistakes in content that I put out on purpose to just be knowing that people might judge or criticize that. And, and I can still know that it doesn't impact my worth. Mm. It, 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 it's, it's again what you're saying is that you've separated your worth from your actions you know and I think again one of the things I like to do is invite people to see that when they were born and they were a baby and a young child they didn't have to do anything to be loved they didn't have to do anything 
to get approval so I'll sometimes say you know like the people that I love the most in, in my world are my wife and two kids so as you know I've got Louisa who's 18 months and Alex who's three and a half they don't need to do anything for me to love them <laughs> yeah they don't pay me any rent yeah they don't they don't help me cut the grass you know they don't that's give outrageous me yeah <laughs> Joshy out there doing the grass yesterday yeah 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 <laughs> but we love them more than anything now my question is is at what point will that change at what point do we think that we have to do something to be good enough to be lovable to have worth to gain approval and actually the answer i'll just give it to you is nothing changes <laughs> except we think that we suddenly have to have things perfect and we need to please people and need to look good and all this stuff yeah we might have to go to work and make a living but that doesn't have to be have anything to do with our worth as a human being it doesn't change but stuff happens to us and we make it mean something about our worth and and we always do this in in, in kids language i think it's really funny that we're exploring this belief of i'm not good enough because everyone has it and it's really funny because i'm not good enough is half a sentence like I might say, oh, I'm not good enough to beat you in a game of pool, maybe. Like, or I'm not, you, you know, or I'm not good enough to beat you in a game of five aside, right? That's that's a sentence, but I'm not good enough. We don't, as adults, speak about other people like that. When, have, when has anyone ever, as an adult, looked at someone else and said, they're not good enough? Like, we just don't do it. But this alludes to the fact that we make these decisions about ourselves when we're children and we've got limited capacity to make rational decisions plus we're hurt we're not only are we kids with a small sized brain we're hurt and so our brain is restricted anyway so i'm not good enough i'm a failure i'm worthless like they are not things that we ever say about anyone else with our adult brains but we say them about ourselves because they come from the beliefs that we developed from our pasts and if we can see that we're going to be much more free of them i think yeah, and it, it's also just really noticing this when we internalize it and we personalize it, that's when it becomes a problem because people will say that wasn't good enough. Someone might hand in a, a report at work or they do a particular thing and someone says that just wasn't good enough. That put then they're saying the report's not good enough. You're not good enough as a human being. It's totally different. Yeah, that's and and so it's like when you can separate it's what you did, you can then analyze that and because and, a great question to ask, I love to ask this um one in in coaching conversations is like what would be good enough like how mm. do you know what's the metric for good enough how would you yeah. measure that yeah. right because it's a it's just a blanket statement and it's it's creating a well it's either good enough or it's not which is really right. perfectionism because it's perfect right. or failed success right. or failure right so you get into the 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 more gray areas of it but ultimately it's when we uh internalize it onto ourselves you know mm. someone will say that performance wasn't good enough and then we make it mean well that means that must mean i'm not good enough it's like the childhood meaning all over again coming back so just being able to separate that is is really really powerful mm. um because ultimately we we make meaning of situations we form beliefs about situations and and in these early years we form beliefs about ourselves because it helps us decide how to fit into this world yeah and when people say they don't fit, and I know that feeling, you feel like you just don't fit or you maybe you feel like you don't belong. It's because our meaning of who we are 
doesn't fit into the world. We're trying to make ourselves fit into the world in a particular way. Mm. And here's here's a a wonderful idea to explore is like there is no way that you need to fit into the world. Mm. Right? You can find your people, you can find the things that you love to do and who you love to be and you'll really start to feel aligned. Mm. But ultimately you don't have to be anybody or anything. Mm. It's where this whole we believe that we are a certain way, but we get to create create ourselves. And authenticity, in the word authenticity, is the word author, because it's about us being to being the author of our life script, of our mm. journey. Mm. You know, what would I like to do? What would be most fun to me? Who would I love to be? Mm. That's very different from I am fixed blank statement that's yeah. stuck. Because also you can be whoever you want to be in the moment. You don't actually have to draw on your past to decide who you are right now in this moment. So at the start of this podcast, we asked, invited people to sort of explore who they are. And now we can kind of ask, invite them to explore who they are right now in this moment, but free from the past. Because so one of the questions I sometimes invite people to explore is if you couldn't use your past to inform who you are right now, if you just couldn't draw on your memory to decide who you are right now, who would you be? And usually people experience quite a profound sense of freedom and clarity and aliveness with this kind of like realization that they can be anyone or anything and, and, and anything is possible because you're making it up as you go along because then you're being present. You don't have to draw on your past to decide who who you are right now you can if you want if that would be helpful to navigate a particular situation but you don't have to you can be free from that because the past is gone it's only available to us in a memory we don't have to use that to inform anything in our lives if we don't want to and yet that's where we draw most of our heart and our pain and our suffering mm. and it all just comes out of that in in a reaction so mm. when we're free from that it is then you do start to open up a blank space to to be able to work yeah work with and work from and yeah. Um, yeah that is real freedom and it's like i like like i like that you said blank space because when we're born and we're young and we're carefree we are like a blank space like when you look at your kids and i look at mine we know that they can be anything they want to be right now their future is pure possibility it's empty yet when we get to adults we don't think of our futures as empty and blank do we we think oh, there's, there's there's so much so much more limitations because of our beliefs and actually when you really get this and you experience this transformation in your sense of yourself your identity your personality you do experience yourself as a blank slate and life becomes exciting and free again yeah and that excitement gets taken away by the anxiety that was created in the past about something in the past you know it's like when you're young if you burn if you touch a kettle for example and it's super hot and you burn yourself mm. you might create a belief of don't touch anything hot ever again or don't touch a kettle ever again so you never touch it but there's many other things that you know we get burnt psychologically or we burn ourselves psychologically psychologically with the meanings that yeah. we form and then we say never do that again or i can't do that again mm. but all of that 
it's not even that we need to fight against it. We don't even need to fight against it. You just really clearly have to see this stuff and really clearly see that it's something that you created, that you're believing, that you learned, that you can unlearn. Yeah. I think it's about seeing the truth. You know, the truth was never going to be that you're not good enough or that you're stupid or that you're a failure or worthless. Like, that's not the truth. The truth is something happened and maybe it hurt, you know, hurt your feelings and it was scary maybe. But the belief that we put on top of that, although it's automatic and it's unconscious, it's actually also optional and it's not true. And when we can see that, we're much more free from it. So I think it's about seeing truth. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what I'll offer for people is to have a think about where in your life are you currently stuck? Like yeah. where is a, a place, it could be a place, situation, or way that you're you're feeling about yourself where you feel stuck and you feel like there's no way out or nothing can change. And then ask yourself, what are you believing about yourself in this situation that's having you feel stuck? Mm. That can just help you start to distinguish between what's going on and then what you're thinking about yourself that's creating that. Mm. And if you can see that, definitely do this on paper. If you can see it clearly, that's the first step in being able to dismantle it a little bit to to open up some space for you to create some freedom. Mm. And I would just echo that and say, you know, look at triggers, you know, triggers reveal where you're not free. And I would also assert that we're in a kind of mild state of fight, flight, freeze a lot of the time anyway. And and that is a trigger. I I would say that some people are triggered like a lot of their waking life. Whenever you're not feeling content, peaceful, free, calm and, and good, maybe you're actually being triggered. And so what are you believing about yourself, about life or about people in that moment that's triggering you, that's causing you not to feel free and and complete in this moment so triggers reveal your baggage your limiting beliefs and and the constraints that you're living into and then when you see them and you work through them you experience a lot more freedom clarity and power in life yeah so the the exciting thing i think here is to see triggers as your greatest teachers see them as they're 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 pointing you towards an enormous space for growth Mm. an enormous space for this situation can be transformed. And this thing that's triggering me could be pointing me towards a really great opportunity for, for growth and change in my life. And Mm. um, there's plenty here that we can dive deeper into. And I think what we'll do is we'll, uh, we'll pause it here and we'll continue this conversation in into the next episode. Cause I think there's plenty we can look at here I also really want to dive into and explore the idea of how when we take responsibility for our beliefs and our experience in the world, it ramps up exponentially the amount of um, power we have to change and transform those triggers and those beliefs. Um, But that is all for our next conversation. Yeah, sounds excellent. Okay, well, I hope um, you listeners have found that helpful. Um, And as Jordan says, we will continue the conversation very soon. Awesome. All right. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you on the next one. We appreciate you for joining the conversation today. If you want to connect with John, you can find him on Instagram at the perception coach. And you can also find Chris on Instagram, Chris Finn coaching. That's with two N's. 
and feel free to give us any feedback on these episodes and also for any recommendations of what you would love to hear more about up in the future. Keep it real and we'll catch you soon. <laughs>